Welcome to this episode of SDI Encounters, a podcast from SDI, the home of spiritual companionship. I'm Matt Whitney. On this podcast, we share stories and conversations around spiritual care, companionship, and contemplative practice across a diverse range of traditions and experiences. Spiritual companions support others on their spiritual journeys through life. Spiritual companions are welcoming and present with those they companion, listening and responding without judgment. And spiritual companions are contemplative and honor silence as a spiritual practice. You can learn more about our work at our website, sdiworld.org. If you're enjoying this podcast and you want to help us share and spread the word about the life-giving practice of spiritual companionship, you can help us out by subscribing to this podcast through your favorite app. You could give us a like or even write us a review. Thank you for listening. Well, a happy and blessed new year to all of you in the SDI community. A blessed beginning to your 2020. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. We kick off the new year of SDI Encounters episodes with an interview with your host. That's me, Matt Whitney. This was Reverend Seifu's idea, I assure you, to flip the script and have him interview me. So here's our conversation in which I share my own personal story as a visual artist, how I came to work at SDI, and how I've come to understand the role that spiritual companionship plays in all our lives. Also, you should note that (laughs) you can hear my coworker, Frederica Helmier, on the other side of the wall at points throughout this conversation. It's muffled, uh, but if you hear some laughter in the background that I think she was on a phone call or something, uh, the SDI studios are not soundproofed in any way. So you just pick up the ambience of the office happenings and coworkers having loud conversations on the phone. Okay, Matt, um, it's time to turn. This is Seifu Sinmalaris, um, the executive director of SDI, and it's time to turn the tables on Matt. With oh. Me. Yes. The moment that everybody's been waiting for. Should you sit over here? Should we trade seats? No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> sure. I'm comfortable the in this position. The moment everyone has been waiting for, yeah. Um, that's right. I'm, everyone is on the edge of their seats just, now. I'm, I'm on the edge of mine, can't you see? <laughs> I'm on the edge of mine. Um, so, Matt, why don't we start with the tale of Matt and um, maybe give us a little background about who you are, you know, where you came from, some biographical details, whatever you're, you're comfortable sharing with all of us so that we have you in context. So some sense of where you're coming from. And then we would love to ask you some further questions mm. after that. Thank you for asking yeah. and for inviting me into this uh, opportunity to unpack with you. Uh, I grew up here in the Pacific Northwest. I was born and raised here in Bellevue. I live in Seattle. 
I'm a visual artist by trade. I uh, went to Whitworth College and got my undergrad in studio arts, drawing and painting. Uh, later went back and did a, a master's degree, in a master's in fine arts through Vermont College of Fine Arts. Um, I have a, I, I equate my studio practice as a spiritual practice. It's, uh, it's something that sustains me spiritually. It is, it opens me up to possibility that the divine is in everything in everyday life. And that becomes the well in which I draw from for making the things that I make, uh, drawings and paintings and photographs uh, around walking and being aligned, moving through space. Uh, so if we imagine drawing as being a, uh, sort of a, a mark made on a surface with a pencil on a sheet of paper, uh, then, uh, then similarly, like we as bodies moving through space are also sort of drawing lines and weaving them together in this interconnected way. And so a lot of my work is about this cartography and map making and, you know, yeah, you, you're looking at the illustrations right now that I did for Listen, which is, you know, people moving all about. And I tend to, I tend to make a lot of sort of people walking city landscapes, uh, also, you know, natural landscapes, wilderness landscapes, uh, places in which we move and inhabit and are where and presence. Uh, and, you know, the, the big motivation behind that for me is just uh, seeking, seeking God has been a, a sort of lifelong pursuit of mine has been just where, where is God? I think that that singular question has motivated my religious practice, the shifting of my religious practices, mm -hmm. uh, my, you know, it's been a big part of my journey here to SDI and my work here is talking with, with you and many, many other spiritual companions in this community about what that means for people, whether they call God, God or whatever. Uh, that question motivates me and I get, and I get excited listening to people talk about that for themselves. So your art reflects your journey mm -hmm. and, and your seeking. It sounds like the, the art that I'm looking at here in your office, the beautiful art that you've made for Listen and, and for SDI is a journey of discovery. It's, it looks like a journey of discovery and certainly uh, seems like that's a, a central theme of your art. Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little more about um, that journey, um, where you started and where you are now. And I, I know that's a huge topic, but then how did you end up at SDI? How did that, you know, how did the, the journey manifest here? And what's happened since you joined here a couple of years ago? Yeah, uh, I can answer that in if, you, if I have an hour. Five minutes. Um, the <laughs> let's see. As much time as you need. Yeah, the question the question is uh, that the work is about this journey, and how do I relate that to 
the journey that has brought me here. Yeah, the the work that I used to make was really kind of representational painting, figurative work. Uh, so, you know, paintings of people and animals and things sort of done in these compositions that were supposed to evoke a sense of the spiritual. Uh, and I would often draw imagery from the Old Testament, for example, um, and try to almost illustrate that. And so when I was doing that, the art gave me something of a, a window to the divine uh, in the making it and in the stepping back and looking at it, and then also in talking to others about the work. Sort of like the, the notion of the icon painting uh, being a, a window through which one worships and sees God. Um, but I became frustrated by that. I became frustrated, I think, because of the distance that I was creating uh, between, the, between myself and God. It was almost like the art was sort of standing in for that relationship that I wanted. And it made God sort of an abstract concept for me. Abstract in that I couldn't like touch it. I couldn't hold it. All I could do was make signs that points to what it was that I really sort of craved in my heart. This is a sort of unnameable presence and union with the divine. And so when I went to grad school, I wanted to just blow that up. I didn't want to paint anymore. And so that was where I got into making art that was not just about walking, but that actually was part of an embodied practice of living everyday life. So I, my hope is that the work that I am making isn't just illustrative of life events, and I, and I got away from doing like abstract imagery uh, or, or uh, sort of illustrative spiritual notions and just started making very uh, simple gestures about walking to the post office, taking my son to the park, just the, the things that I was doing um, because I was trying to lessen that distance. And so in order to do that, I needed to see and understand that the divine is present all the time. And so how could, how could I make art that uh, embodied and illuminated everyday life that I was already living and experiencing with other people? And so my journey here See if I can tie this together. I've been a, I was an art teacher for a number of years. I taught uh, visual art classes at the college level all around the city. Um, I was angling for that full-time tenure track job, right? I went to grad school, I got the paper and was like, okay, now I'm gonna put in the work and you know, build up an adjunct uh, resume so I, I can show that I have teaching shops. And, I did that for six years and that full-time job just never materialized for me. And I know this is a common story for a lot of people. 
uh, in academia mm -hmm. uh, that those jobs Especially are hard to these get. days. Yeah. 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 So mm -hmm. this is not like my singularly sad story. This is actually uh, just part of my journey was I, I, I sort of just got tired of constantly applying for jobs and I got tired of the roller coaster of like, oh, I have six classes this quarter and I'm overwhelmed. And now I have one class this next quarter and I can't pay my mortgage. And I was just like, you know, I just need to go like get a regular job. Like I think, I think I'm done with this for a while. I love teaching, um, but you know, it was, it was becoming frustrating to me, the constant hustle. And so I just was sort of listening to myself and my circumstances and saying like, this isn't happening right now. So let it go. And so I let it go and started looking around. I was like, oh, just like a normal 40 hour week job for a nonprofit in the area. That was my bar. And I found a job here that was advertised for a content intern position. <laughs> and I, so I, I applied and I talked to Rory and I was like, I'm 40 years old. Like, I don't want to be an intern. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go like get you sandwiches and stuff, but I will, like, I know how to do a lot of things. Uh, and I will, I will do them at, you know, the 10 hours a week or whatever you need. And like, let's try it out. And that I never worked ten, here 10 hours a week. It was always many more and it became full time pretty quick. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is my dream job. I, I'm here being creative. I get to work in a, a rich, bright community of spiritual companions amongst the staff and amongst our membership and with our council. I, I can't imagine going back into academia. I feel like like that job could manifest and I'd be like, no, thank you. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're glad to have you. Did you know that SDI organizes travel experiences? We call these SDI journeys. SDI has been leading passionate travelers on spiritual journeys around the world for over 25 years. Not just vacations, but truly exceptional trips filled with inspiring and enriching experiences. We have upcoming journeys planned for 2020 in Iona, Scotland, and an Ignatian journey through Spain. Explore our site to find out more sdijourneys.org. That's sdijourneys.org. And now here's part two of our conversation. Um, I was I was struck by what you were saying that you wanted your art to be, and this is not the word that you use, it's the word that I'm 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 gonna use, a bridge. Mm. A bridge to the divine, a bridge to God, a bridge to the universe, however you might describe, or, or people may describe that. And, of course, the spiritual companions at their best are also bridges or mirrors to the divine and to God and to the universe. Um, so speak a little more, you know, so you, you're, you're here at SDI, you're now the creative director, which gives you a very broad brief across all of our programs, um, lots of different outlets for your creativity, not just artistic, but in many other ways as well. Um, and, and of course, you're now being trained, formally trained as a spiritual companion as well. Yeah. So um, 
Tell us a little bit about your notion, your evolving notion of being a bridge to the divine in all of these ways, as an artist, as, um, as a, an evolving spiritual companion, and then your role here as creative director. Hmm. I'll start uh, by talking about how I understand creativity and design, and maybe I'll cut it here. I don't know, hmm. but... Uh, you get to self-edit. Yes, nice. that is helpful. Uh, like creativity is essentially problem solving. So it's uh, understanding what the parameters are of any given thing and working within those parameters to make something new and interesting. And so, you know, creativity in a painting is standing in front of a canvas with a bunch of paint and tubes and some brushes and saying, Okay, what, is, what am I going to make here? Like, how am I going to apply these colors to this canvas and arrange them and manipulate the paint with these brushes in such a way that I create some image or some singular thing that has a, a kind of value or, I don't know, almost a power, a kind of power. And, uh, and so I actually think that creativity is applied pretty broadly uh, to lots of situations. How am I going to craft this email in such a way that I, the arrangement of the words is going to be, you know, hospitable and conversational and yet get to the point without being too wordy because email has its own parameters, right? Most mm -hmm. of us just need to get through them really fast. How am I going to create this listen layout in such a way that it is accessible to a broad population of people, not just trained spiritual directors um, or say connections, which is geared towards spiritual directors and trained spiritual companions. You know, there's a, there's a different way to think about that mm -hmm. solution. Uh, to that creative problem, which is the creative problem is, you know, create a, a publication that uh, provides nourishment and food for a particular audience. Yeah. So, you know, I think of my work at, as creative director as uh, just the creatively brainstorming and thumbnailing the various things that we do here, thinking about, you know, what is the what is the creative problem that we're trying to solve through a conference, for example, right? And, you know, what is the solution to that look like? And the solution is this big conference that we put together that has, you know, hundreds if not thousands of elements to it, right? But the whole package is, is something that, that we're proud of, that people want to come to, and that people are deeply nourished by. There was another question there that you were asking about Yeah, I mean, I was... Arts. Um, art as a bridge to yes, define. Thank you. Yeah. I think what art does is it gives, in particular, artists, but also anybody, art imbues ordinary life with narrative and metaphoric power. In the making of something, that is authentic. And this is, I, when I talk to artists and I critique artists, uh, I'm less concerned about the work than I am about like the artist 
And so I'll ask, like, well, like, tell me about yourself. Tell me about you and what you're thinking about and, you know, what you're wrestling with, what your life is like, what your big questions are. And then tell me how this thing that you made relates. How does it, how does that work stand in for all of this other stuff that, uh, that makes you you, right? Your comings and goings, your everyday life, your relationships, your, your spiritual life, your joys and your sorrows and your struggles and your hopes and despairs. Um, good art holds that for somebody. And it doesn't just hold that artist's story, but it's a, it's a common story. Mm-hmm. And so when the art is good, other people can relate to it as well because they can see themselves in that work. So that's where, that's how I think of art as a bridge is that it is this sort of magical alchemy of people's experiences yeah. uh, that when done well, it's experiences that we all share and can relate to. And, you know, if not see ourselves, uh, then if, I think this is part of the like looking at art experience too, which is really important and that I teach is that you try to understand the artist when you're looking at the work, um, you know, that you can actually like get to know somebody and hear their story and listen to them through the work, through the looking at the arts and mm-hmm. engaging with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, um, art as metaphor, art as bridge, art as essence in some ways and you, you capture a moment that at best you know your art captures a moment that's in real life is fleeting and, and usually passes before we realize it. then we, we kind of scramble to go back to it and go well that was the moment that was the moment uh, whereas if you're looking at it in art you go that is the moment it's it's static which is its beauty because it's encapsulating that's the word I was looking for encapsulating mm-hmm. moments um, so let's go back to, to another aspect of this, which was your, your spiritual companions as bridges. You know, the artist is a spiritual companion of sorts, um, particularly your art, which is an invitation, um, kind of a passageway into a consideration of themes around, um, either loneliness or distance from God or the possibility of approaching God in some new way through some fresh perspective. So the artist is spiritual companion and then your own um, evolving training as a formal kind of talk therapy type of companion um, and the analogies between those two. Mm -hmm. Tell tell me a little bit about spiritual companionship in those yeah the art as a mirror is a is a good analogy and a good bridge between art and spiritual companionship uh you know the the practice of of offering spiritual companionship to somebody you know there are some pretty straightforward i was going to say simple but they're not simple at all pretty straightforward elements to doing that task which is 
offering non-judgmental listening uh, as somebody describes for themselves the ways in which they are interacting with with God, with the divine. Um, it sounds easy enough, non-judgmental listening, but it's, it's, uh, it's actually pretty hard uh, to get out of your own way. So uh, to take my own ego out of the equation, to try not to offer advice to somebody on their, you know, who's having their own singular, is on their own singular spiritual journey that I allow them to discern where they are at in their spiritual journey, as opposed to saying, oh, I see you, you know, you should go in this direction or that direction, or you should, you know, try this or try that, but more like, how are you finding your own way? Uh, and it's a lot easier said than done. It is hard. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just a total reorientation of the way we usually talk to each other. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, that has sort of infected the way that I think about art and the way that I offer critique, you know, and when I talk to artists, most artists have had uh, pretty negative experiences of critique. You know, they can think back to their grad school days where the professor just told them everything was garbage and, you know, just throw this out. Why aren't you doing it this way or that way and my way? Mm -hmm. And uh, so they feel, you know, pretty traumatized by it. And when I look at art, I similarly try to get out of my own way and try to understand, you know, what is it that the artist is trying to say to me through this work? And if I respond, you know, negatively or positively to identify that and sort of set that, not set it aside, but stand outside of it and notice that in a, in a curious way, what is causing that negative reaction to the arts? You know, is it, is it provocative to me and somehow is it challenging? Uh, does, it, does it upset me in some way? Do I feel like it's controversial? Then what is it that I'm finding controversial? You know, what is there, is there some way in which like I'm limiting my own capacity to understand, you know, just an artist's singular story that's different from mine. Uh, and so it's, it's less about trying to like come to agreement with the artist or to align myself with the artist, but just to like really understand them. Mm -hmm. And so in spiritual companionship, I'm also just trying to understand people where they're at. And, you know, more often than not, I can, he I'll hear myself in the stories that I hear from others. And it's pretty remarkable. Like if you can learn to just be quiet and like, be like, I'm not offering advice. I'm not gonna, you know, suggest anything right now. I may try to offer some questions to open somebody up. Uh, but as I listen, it's pretty remarkable how often I will hear myself in their voices, whether it's a, a discovery or an insecurity uh, or a doubt or a question. It's almost like I can hear myself being spoken back to me a lot of times. And, uh, you know, that helps me grow my own spiritual journey. 
you know, I'll, I'll hear somebody say something that is very, has been very sort of heavy on my heart. It's been heavy on their heart too. And having heard it, it somehow makes it less heavy. It's like, oh, you feel that way too? Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I say that in the session. It's, it's just more like a, I'll notice that. And uh, it, it somehow disarms that heaviness a lot of times. Yeah, we're all parts of the whole. Yeah. And, and uh, we, we see and recognize each other. Um, these are all, all wonderful thoughts. I, I am curious what you would like to share with us about your own spiritual journey, if anything. And obviously you don't. You're not required to um, to to go into this if you don't want to. Um, what what is your sense of evolving discovery on your journey as a spiritual companion to others and as a traveler? who receives counsel from others as well. What's happening? What's happening with Matt these mm. days yeah. on his spiritual journey? Mm-hmm. Matt is... Re- I can't do the third person thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening with you on your spiritual am... <laughs> journey these days? I, um... And if you don't want to, that's fine. No, I'm happy to. See if I can do it in a succinct way. As I let go of needing God, and I'm going to use the name God because it's it's simple. Um, As I let go of needing to define God, God defines God's self for me in a lot of ways that I would not expect. Mm. And it's been really rich. And it means that I have to unlearn a lot of notions that I've had about God that uh, I put God in a box for a lot of my life. I have, through art, when I talked about the paintings I used to make, I put God in a box and I put it up in the sky somewhere and created that distance. I would put God in a box and create distance for myself. And what I... And that felt safe, probably. I don't know what it felt. It felt frustrating more than anything. So part of me thinks that was just part of my upbringing. I have been learning to let go of that and understand that God is love and love is abundantly available all the time, everywhere. If I can notice that, And so it means deconstructing some of the boxes that I've made. It means learning how to tear down some of the walls that I've created, some of the distances that I've made. Uh, And it means listening to other people's experiences of God, whether they name it God or not. Mm -hmm. And just listening and trying to glean uh, glean in a way that, and this podcast has been really wonderful for me because I get to do this all the time, is just sit back and listen to people mm-hmm. and hear the, the broad 
myriad of stories, spiritual stories, and how people are interacting with the divine and realize that no, but no one person owns God. No one, there's no, there's no guru. There's no, you know, master teacher that has figured it out. It's like, we are all gurus and we are all teachers. Uh, if we, you know, by listening to one another talk and share, uh, we're all learning from one another. And so I've, I've come to just embrace that there's no gap, which means that we're experiencing God all the time, which is why I can make art about going for a walk to the post office, because uh, there's spiritual presence there. There always is, as much as in a, in a great cathedral or on a mountaintop. Um, cathedrals and mountaintops are amazing, right? Um, but if walking to the post office is not amazing, uh, why is that? That's, those are the kinds of things that I'll notice in myself that I think I need to work on unpacking so that the walk can be amazing. And so that means making art about walking to the post office yeah. and standing back from that artwork and being like, I can make that extraordinary. Uh, and so, you know, the art practice I think is a sense, gives me a sense of gratitude just for everything that happens all the time, including the challenges and just accepting what is in any given moment and acknowledge that God is present. That's, just, yeah, that's all wonderful. Um, it sounds like we may need to have a follow-up conversation at some point, but uh, any parting thoughts on this December day, rainy December day in Seattle, 2019. I didn't know what spiritual direction was before I came to this job. And when I explain, you know, the work that I do, I have to explain a lot what spiritual direction is. And so my, my elevator speech has gotten pretty good mm -hmm. around it. I wish I had known about it years ago. Yeah. And it's, I hope that the work that we're doing, all of us, is making it less esoteric, uh, less marginal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I work here, it's sort of like, yeah, I work here, but I'm also a client. I'm also a member, <laughs> like the hair club. Yes, that's right. Uh, that, like, I just think everybody should have a spiritual director, a spiritual companion of some kind, uh, somebody who is uh, offering non-judgmental listening to them as they are discerning the inner life for themselves. Uh, just, you know, what is, what is it, what does it mean to sort of occupy this body in the world, you know, and to, and to go about life with all of its glories and challenges. And, you know, it's 2019, it's, it's, a, it's crazy times, but it's also extraordinary times uh, you know the sun came up this morning it was a glorious sunrise here 
I was riding my bike to work. And it's just like little moments like those where I'm like, I don't know. It's just, uh, we need companions to walk with us to help us discern just our, our fullest self. This is Matt Whitney with Spiritual Directors International. Thanks again for listening. Your time and your presence here are deeply appreciated. If you liked this show and would like us to continue making them, please do subscribe now while it's fresh on your mind. Also, we would love to hear from you, so please feel free to send in your comments and suggestions to the email address podcast at sdiworld.org. To learn more about spiritual companionship and ways that you can plug in and join our community, visit us at our website at www.sdiworld.org. Thank you. Blessings and peace on your day. And may you share blessings and peace to others.